Ladies and gentlemen, pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the payoff. Icon versus Icon. This is Tom Healy, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jeffrey Ryan. Jeff, somehow, 28 episodes into the payoff, and it's only the second Hulkster match we've covered. Can you hear the excitement in my voice? Yeah, for you and me too, especially uh, growing up Hulkamaniacs and uh, being a fan of uh, eating our vitamins and saying our prayers and all that good stuff. Like, it is surprising that this is only the second time we're talking about them, but uh, we are here now. And of course, the uh, the Brahma Bowl, the Rock as well, too. And so uh, this should be exciting, though. So, of course, welcome, uh, you know, listening to the show. Uh, appreciate everybody being here. Um, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you can. Uh, give us those five stars and, of course, spread the word about the show. You know where we're at on social media, but at Payoff Pod, we're going to get right into this one. So, Tom, let's just jump right in, man. Yeah, and as always, make sure to check out our previous show in the ar- shows in the archives. Got some really good ones. Uh, Jeff, put you on the spot here. What's your favorite episode that we've ever done? Oh, for you and me, um, like I, I've I've always said, I really appreciate all the ECW stuff, and so um, I, I'd have to say any of the uh, the ECW stuff isn't really good, but the especially I'm going to point to the uh, Shane Douglas match right out of the gate um, and throwing down of the championship belt. I think we, we we've had a lot of people talk to us about that one that they feel like not a lot of people you know have done episodes or talked about that one. So that one I've always really enjoyed. That one I th- we we had a lot of fun doing that episode too. Yeah, that 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 was a good one. It might have been the best one. I, you know, the I thought Hogan Warrior was pretty awesome. Um, you know, more recently, the <laughs> Marrow Sable was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I would also put up there the uh, Streak is Over episode. Just a lot of stuff happening in that. Great match. Uh, I don't, I really like that one, too. Yeah, all those are really good. And you and I both uh, Undertaker marks as well. And so, um, you know, that one, too. Rough, rough one for you and me to go back and uh, enjoy, I guess, or rewatch. But uh, it was worth it, though, to have the conversation. Yeah, so Hogan Rock. Um, obviously, I am a major Hulk Hogan mark, big-time Hulkster. Um, I, I may have mentioned this on a previous episode. I've done meet and greets with most of my childhood heroes, um, certainly of those that are still with us. There's only one where my heart was pounding and I was super excited and nervous for, and it was me and the Hulkster. It's the only one. Like, like HBK, I mean, it's probably my all-time favorite. I mean, I was like, ah, cool, what's up, man? Like, loved your shit, you know? Like, But Hogan, man, it was just ah, something about him just – larger than life, watching him as a child, whatever it might be, but I was pumped and and maybe I'll post it this week, but the Hulkster and I actually cut a promo <laughs> on my uh at the time fiance who uh is now my wife that was not uh there and so that was 
pretty awesome. And you could see the excitement in my eyes. So um, I'm pumped to cover this because I love Hogan. Let me throw something else at you, and we'll discuss this throughout and afterwards. Maybe we're covering the best rock match of all time, perhaps. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the crowd reactions to this, the way that they uh, kind of transformed as the match went on, uh, just an awesome one. So I'm pumped to cover it for those reasons. What about you? Yeah, I think this is one of those where, you know, it's build, and you said it in the opening, like, you know, icon versus icon. I think that this match, it made um, a little bit more sense than what we may be used to. Um, you know, you bring back people like at least these guys were a little bit more in their prime uh, compared to, uh, you know, some other people coming back that are a little out of their prime. Um, I, I think I've, I've started developing a reputation here for not being a Goldberg fan. And so, um, you know, bringing Goldberg back to kind of wrestle some of his matches and watch those like, it's just a struggle sometimes. So, uh, but this one, these guys, you know, looking their best, putting on a good show, playing to the crowd. We're going to talk about that too. Um, you know, really feeding off that energy. They knew what they were doing. All right. So I guess kick us into the build and we'll get started. Oh, it's time for the build. Yeah. So, um, discussing the build a little bit here, um, what happened is you had Vince actually bringing back Hogan, Hall, and Nash, the original NWO as we all know them. Um, Vince did not want to share power with who was the kayfabe owner at the time, Ric Flair. Um, this was kind of after some of the, the breakings ups and things like that. Yeah, because they brought the Flair back. Is the Originally, he came back, I, I want to say it was in the fall, maybe right around Survivor Series, and he was like the new owner yep. and they brought him in with no expectation of wrestling. And then he was in a bloodbath against Vince McMahon at the Royal Rumble. So that didn't last too long. And what it really boiled down to was Vince actually had just acquired the rights to a lot more of the WCW, like the video uh, library, some more naming rights. And so he was able to do a few things that he wasn't able to do in the original invasion angle. So a couple parts to this, you actually have Stone Cold and The Rock. Um, both being involved in this is, is um, you'll kind of see there were on this card and Tom will talk about, there were some different matches here that involved both those guys, but both guys really battling the NWO. Um, it started with uh, the rock and Hogan. Hogan wanted a photo of the rock for his son. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it was a whole thing. The yeah. rock said no. Um, so of course the next night you've got, is it played out just like normal you know, interrupting promos. Hogan, you know, tried to shake hands with The Rock, took a rock bottom instead when, you know, The Rock, the classic wrestling, like holding the hand too long before he gives him the move. And so um, after the handshake. When that promo, we can talk more about this later, but that promo was one of the first, I'm going to call your ass out for a WrestleMania match. Yes. You know, like it's become more famous. You know, you think of like the, you know, Lesnar taker, you think a triple H uh, taker, like some of those big taker matches, yep. obviously rock Cena, right? Like some of those where it was like me and you dude, you know, yeah, that was gosh, probably one of the first, like me versus you WrestleMania point to the sign, like let's do it brother type dream mega matches, yep. right? That didn't happen organically because someone won the Royal Rumble or something like that. That's gotta be 
one of the first that I can think of, which is which was really cool. You know, like mega WrestleMania matches that got built that way. Absolutely. And this was it kind of after like the rock bottom, if, if a lot of us remember the kind of iconic painting of the NWO. It was actually Holland Nash who came down for the save. And their spray painting of the NWO, both Stone Cold and The Rock ended up having to deal with this. And so um Austin kind of had the back and forth a little bit too with these different guys with um getting attacked, different things like that happening. Um, you know, try to, uh, you know, uh, Austin trying to run over with his pickup truck. Of course, you know, little manslaughter always goes a long way in a, uh, or vehicular manslaughter goes a long way in a wrestling storyline. And so who doesn't love that? And so, um, also this is of course a lot of spray paint in this storyline, the spray painting of the what on the limousine. And so, um, can't forget that as well too. And so, uh, just one of those things that, you know, a lot of different angles that this was coming at, but really, you know, you had Hogan and the rock and that story being built, you had kind of Nash and hall and Austin and that story being built as well too. And so, um, we get that it was actually, um, Austin who stopped a attack against the rock, um, when he was kind of getting hit with a steel or getting beat up, hit with a steel chair, things were happening. And so there was a really weekly build for this one between all five of these men, if you will, the NWO, the three, and then you got Rock and Austin. And so, uh, but there was really the week before we takes us right into WrestleMania. And so um, that's how we got to this one. So Tom, what other thoughts do you have on kind of how we got here or anything? Yeah. So WrestleMania X8, WrestleMania 18, uh, you know, coming off of arguably the greatest WrestleMania of all time, even to this day, which was WrestleMania 17. So, you know, in terms of that, some pretty big shoes to fill. Uh, we're at the Skydome in Toronto, so big venue. You know, ironically, remember we we were we were not in we were in arenas. We were in we were, we started off in an arena. We ended up in some big venues. We went back to arenas. We're in big venues. There'd still be some after this. You know, nineteen obviously uh, was it Safeco twenty at the Garden uh, twenty one Hollywood I believe. Then we had Chicago twenty two and then twenty three back in Detroit. And then I think it's all been a, a stadium since then. But, you know, this one was, was at the Skydome 68,000. Uh, the, the big tagline for this event was that icon versus icon rock versus Hogan, you know, going into the show speculation from, from Wade Keller around what the main event would be saying, Hey, it could be, you know, Hall and Austin, but probably not. It could be rock Hogan, or it could be the title match. He thought it would be rock Hogan, 2020 hindsight, that obviously should have been the main event. So, um, you know, big card. Uh, we, we won't go through all of it, but I'll, I'll just tell you that, you know, one of the forgotten matches on this show, or I mean, as soon as I saw it, I remembered, but Undertaker and Ric Flair had an awesome match. I mean, you have to remember, this is a Ric Flair who didn't know if he wanted to get back in the ring, didn't want to embarrass himself. You know, of course, when Vince is like, hey, we're going to do a street fight at the Rumble. All right. So he does that. It went well. Next thing you know, he's he's wrestling. And again, this Undertaker Flair match was excellent. And I actually think it might be, you know, not like it's the, the number one Flair match we, we need to cover on this show, but it's something that we may want to cover. So, you know, that was on the, on the undercard. Again, that Steve Austin, Scott Hall match that it was just a dud, right? Not a lot of build to it. Nothing significant about it. And then... Ultimately, you know, the big disappointment, which we'll talk more about during this match, which is 
why in the hell wasn't it Steve Austin versus Hulk Hogan, right? Um, third to last match on the show is the one we're covering, Rock Hogan. Then we had, you know, and I and I don't say this to offend anyone, but it was the women's buffer match, right? That's what it was at the time. This women's championship, Divas championship, you know, for so many years was let's put that on before the main event, like in between the the second biggest and biggest men's match so that people can go to the bathroom and the crowd can cool off before the main event. So, you know, we had Jazz defeating uh, Lita and Trish Stratus in a three-way, six-minute match. Again, kind of a blow-off match. And then the main event of Triple H and uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, (laughs) Good luck following Hogan Rock. They obviously didn't, and really just a a weak way to end um, a pretty good WrestleMania. So, um, you know, the only other thing I'll add is, uh, you know, leading up to this, I thought was interesting, was this was right around the time uh, you know, or, or this is the last WrestleMania that was WWF, right? And uh, Jeff, do you remember the ad campaign when they switched from WWF to WWE? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get yeah. the F out. Yep. It, it was actually pretty effective. It was like, ah, it's, yep. you know, clever and you know, it didn't kind of skip a beat. But what a stupid uh, way to lose that WWF name. And, and for those that don't know, there was the World Wildlife Fund who – for, you know, to shorten things went by WWF and of course the World Wrestling Federation. The only reason that um, there was a clause or an agreement between the two, but when they made this agreement, this was like in the 80s, I believe, they said, you know, if there's ever something on the internet, which didn't even really kind of exist then, then the WWF World Wildlife Fund was able to use it. So they they had this agreement. So when the time came where it was like, oh, the AOL and the internet, and well, yeah, you're not allowed to use that on here. So that's why they had to change it and then the logo and all this stuff. But it was kind of a one-sentence clause in something where they had an agreement. So, you know, that's it, Jeff. You walked us through things from a storyline standpoint. We'll get more into it, but I want to jump right into the payoff. Um, For those that want to watch this with Jeff and I, the two-hour 25 minute and 30 second mark is where we're watching this on the WWE Network. This is where they show the build for the match. So we'll talk through some of that and then the entrances and the match and obviously what took place afterwards. Um, So again, if you want to watch this with us, two hours, 25 minutes and 30 seconds, uh, WrestleMania 18 on the WWE Network. So Jeff, with that being said, let's get to... The payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. All right. So, Jeff, here we are. Rock Hogan. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Hollywood Hulk Hogan brought him back. But, you know, that's what's funny is, uh, and they're, they're showing the, uh, you know, the two guys that are about to show the build to this. It's a long graphic. Um 2020 hindsight booking, do you bring him back at this time as Hollywood Hulk Hogan, part of the NWO, or would you have brought him back yellow and red? And I like they're showing the yellow and red right now. I feel like they did this right because then, you know, they really played off the crowd and kind of let the crowd dictate what they were going to want to see. And so I think they did a good job here of like they incorporating, we can see like some of this into you know, him being the Hulkamaniac versus Hollywood. And so I think that I think they were 
I don't think it really mattered how they brought him back. I think it's more important that they listened to the reaction, saw how the fans were treating it, and acted accordingly. And I think that was the smart way to go with this. Oh, there's there's absolutely no question. And I think you had to bring him back as a bad guy to, you know, let the fans tournament. There was an old adage in the business of, you know, the best good guys were bad guys that turned right. And, and, you know, you think of the rock and you think of stone cold Cold and um, you know, a lot of times that's how you get the best good guys is their heels. And then the fans turn them over time. Yeah. So I'll start like where my first question on this one is you and I, we touched on a little bit and like the card layout on this one. Yeah, we, we can debate whether or not Austin should have been in this match later, because I know we've got that kind of question we want to ask. But the layout of this match, like you've got we're looking at it, 11 matches, 12, if you kind of count some pre-game stuff, pre-show stuff. Well, now it's what, 20? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's <laughs> this closer is, to 20. This yeah, is so. like a, a short card compared to now. But looking at it like Stone Cold versus Hall was in the middle of the card. It was technically match eight. Here's that rock bottom we were talking about. And so uh, we're watching this opening promo still. So, but How about main eventing one more WrestleMania right. with the rock. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great hitting promo. Him with, hitting him with a strap. There. Yep, yep. Yep. So, but I think this is one like, I, I think there's some websites out there that predict like the match order and kind of what we're going to get. But looking at it, it's, I'd say like these last two matches, because then after this, oddly enough, and we talked like it was Billy and Chuck defeating the APA, uh, the Dudley boys and the Hardy boys. That was the match before this. That, right. That was the match before that. So, like, at home, those of you at home, it, it was the Stone Cold match, and then you had this four-way elimination match. Then you had the match we're about to watch, and then, it's, you know, Tom said, yes, it was the bathroom match. Yeah, that was how it was at the time. It was the women's match. And then you get Triple H and Jericho. So these two, like, icons, really, like, you know, of this one and I say hot, well, three really with Austin too. Like, what are your, like, was this laid out right? Like, how would you have laid this out? The show? Yeah. Okay. So this was, so this was one of the, this is the one that really sparked the, a couple discussions, right? One discussion was, do, is the world title, and remember, there was only one world title at this point, but is the world title match should that always be the main event? Right. So that was the question, right? And so that that was why they went with the world title as the main event in this show, because that was still the thinking of that. But then this was the one that really got the conversation going of, hey, maybe sometimes it should be the biggest match and not. Now, obviously, over the years, it's changed, right? There's times where the world title has ended. There's times where it hasn't. Now you have the women sometimes ending or the men or the SmackDown world title or the Raw world title. So it's, it's gotten jumbled up. But this was, this was the first time where the conversation was, wait a second here, should we end with the world title or should we end with the biggest, best match? And it started to change the thinking in future years, obviously. Can I just point so, out? For, can I just stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The black and white entrance here, like so. Yeah, black class, and white classic screen. Yeah. Black and white NWO. You know, obviously the fans going nuts for the guy. I, we got so many things to talk about. I, I will say, 
there the a knock on this is it was slightly anticlimactic in the sense of Hogan already wrestled. There was a there was at least one match that he wrestled, which was on Raw, and it involved Rock Austin against the NWO, and it was like just all that like you know Austin and Rock getting in the ring together. I'm sorry, uh, Hogan and Rock, Hogan and Austin, all those dream matchups. They kind of just did it as a thrown together main event of Raw. I don't know if it was the week of this show. It might have been, but it was it was in the lead up to it. So. That was just a little bit frustrating, but I'm nitpicking a little bit. So again, there's there's a lot to unpack here because you know you have you don't you have the biggest match on the show arguably that was not the main event. Now that being said, going into this show, you knew this was going to be a good match. There was a lot of build to it, but we had no idea that it was going to be this great of a match. So 2020 hindsight, you would have ended with this, but people just didn't know. And, and hell, you could have ended the show with Hogan posing or Hogan and Rock posing. And for those of you now watching, too, a lot of crowd or signs in the crowd. This was the 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 golden age of signs in the crowd, um, and like a lot of anti Hogan signs, like gonna take a rock bottom, like all that kind of stuff. And so, which is just kind of you know you don't see that as much anymore, but it's still good stuff. But, so, so the other, yeah. well, so so getting back to the cards. So the other thing is is that you know then what's your school of thought? Let let's just say that the. You, we agree that the top three matches on this card were, you know, Triple H and Jericho for the world title, um, Hogan versus Rock, and then Austin versus Hall, and we'll say Taker versus Flair is the fourth one. So those were your, no, no question, those were your four biggest matches on this show. So then the question becomes, are those, are those four big matches, are those your final four matches as you're booking a card, or do you space it out? Because... More recently, you know, the, the, the thinking amongst, you know, the, the WWF, WWE has been, let's put these sporadically throughout. So I, I think that in some years they've almost said, hey, we're going to have three main events. We're going to have an hour. Each hour has kind of a main event where you might get, you know, a Lesnar match at hour one, you get the taker match at hour two, you get the world title match hour three. And so there's really three main matches. I mean, even last year, Batista triple H. I mean, it was kind of in the middle of the show, sting triple H middle of the show. Um, Lesnar uh, taker middle of the show, you know, so, so the question I guess is if you're booking cards you know, do you have a general rule of thumb where you say, hey, give me my four biggest matches, the final four, or do you like them spaced out? Yeah, and I think it's it's got to be because I, I think you touched on last year was one of those, like, I think it was the Triple H Batista match that really took the wind out of everything. I don't think with this match you could have predicted that it was going to play out like it did. Like, the fans are going ape shit right now. And so, chanting for everybody. And so, I think this is one of those where, the, the fans dictated how this was going to play out. And so, and like, same with last year, like that triple H match was almost like 25 minutes or so. So like, you know, a lot of people said like the women's match kind of capping things off wasn't super well received. I don't know if that was because of how the card was laid out or if fans had been there or it bit, sat through what felt like 11 hours of wrestling. At that so, point. so to me, it's a lot more, and I love seeing these guys face off. I just, I love it. It was, you know, some, sometimes there's just chemistry, right? Like there's certain guys where, you know, looking in the eyes, like just standing there. I mean, the place is going nuts. These guys had it, man. And, and there was just something about these two. 
Um, I like the Hey Hogan 1983 called sign. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Um, so they're going they're yeah, going yeah. nuts. They don't even have to say a word. They don't even have to lock up. I mean, they're just standing there. The place is going absolutely crazy. They didn't they didn't anticipate this. I mean, it, and, and Toronto was just Hogan country. I mean, this might have been his number one city in a lot of ways. I mean, going nuts. So um, as they get ready to lock up, you know, that's that's the other thing, too. Is so, you, so you, you know, you're talking about some of these long WrestleMania cards now. There's dead matches. Yeah. And you don't really, I mean, I'd say Kofi and Daniel Bryan was just, it just kind of was a little flat in the middle of it. Um, I remember that Bray Randy match. I mean, and I was there for that one. Nothing. I mean, the crowd was dead. So sometimes you get these matches that, you know, just because of the spa of the card or whatever, I mean, God, they're just going nuts. Look how crazy. They're on their feet. After one move, they're on their feet. They're going insane. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the best crowds for a match I can ever remember. Yeah, really good. Um, so, so you yeah. know, sometimes they just, I mean, they're just dead. And that's where, you know, you, you could argue the second best spot on a WrestleMania main event or uh, WrestleMania card in this day and age is the opener. Think about that uh, AJ Styles Shane McMahon match. Yeah. It was just, it was the first match. They had 25 minutes or whatever they had, and they had a great match. And it, you know, you know, you're going to have a fresh, uh, you know, a fresh crowd then. Um, well, and I think like how they lay the cards out now, because that it was last year too, where Brock came out and said, we're doing this now. Yeah, that's right. And so he came out and said, it was Heyman that came out and he blew past Hogan actually. And like, they didn't even know. I don't like, I, you know, the rumors said that Hogan didn't even know what was happening. And so, uh, but Heyman blew past him and said, screw it, we're doing this match now. And so. I think that it's it's just weird for me because I know like and I, and I watch more New Japan than you do. Like we know what like the final matches are going to be months in advance, and so I I kind of like knowing that. But like with something like this, like we might still be getting a build in the weeks leading up, or you know, reading the the kind of dirt sheets nowadays. Like we don't know, or the, you know, they're saying like the, the WrestleMania plans are more up in the air than ever, which. They're starting to come together. We can see some things. I think Super Showdown kind of screws everything up a little bit too because I, I got, you got to count it as the glorified house show that it is. But um, I, I think like you know, laying out, it's got to be tough because yeah, you know, you never know. Like I think it speaks to how much they're not listening to the fans and like not knowing how to lay it out as well as it can. Because do yeah, you yeah. prefer the Super Showdown that they're doing? Um, in Saudi Arabia, do you prefer it to be before or after WrestleMania? I mean, if we're going to get it and it's going to happen, do you want it before or after WrestleMania? I wish that they, I wish it was after to give you the, the, really? the blunt answer. I think though that overall, Rocky just, yes. Um, that I think that they need to do a better job of selling that like event is not like, it doesn't fall into the continuity of everything else. It doesn't have to. Like you can do almost like some Survivor Series type stuff where you get to see some matches you don't normally see. And maybe that's, you know, super sure not. And they sell it that way where it doesn't, you know, like house shows, what happens at house shows doesn't always count. Like what happens at that show doesn't always count. Now, like it's tough because it's on the network and, you know, then we see clips and all these other things and, um, you, know, you never know what's going to happen, but I would prefer that it be after and it's treated as that pay-per-view. Hogan, not getting over the rope there, Hogan, that looked rough, but um, yeah, so I would say after. What, what do you think? Uh, completely disagreed. So I like it happening before like they're doing this year. 
So let whatever happened happen and use it as a build to WrestleMania. It pissed me off, and I think it's happened twice now, where we get WrestleMania, right? And some of us, we attend WrestleMania or, you know, we watch it, we get really excited about it. And then, you know, three weeks later or a month later, it's like, it's the biggest show ever. It's the biggest main event ever. And you'll have, you know, uh, a Goldberg or, um, you know, some of these guys come back and you're like, wait a second here. Like I just, you know, and again, I know it's not the pay-per-view era where we're spending $60, but I just invested eight hours of my life or a weekend of my life to go to the place to get all excited about WrestleMania. And now you're saying this show's bigger and better and all this stuff. And it, it pisses me off. Yeah. And we still have not, and then with Super Showdown, we actually have another pay-per-view after that with Elimination Chamber. And so I feel like, yes, like the bloat of like how many pay-per-views we have to deal with or, you know, or network events, whatever you want to call it. See, and I don't mind. So I don't mind the Elimination Chamber the way they've set it up. And the reason I say that is because, you know, theoretically, one world title is going to be determined in, you know, for the men and the women is going to be determined at Royal Rumble, which is great. There's stakes and it builds it up. Fantastic. The other one, hey, you put six top contenders in there and anything can happen, you know, like Kofi last year where, you know, the other brand's title. So I really, I don't mind that pay-per-view there if it's all geared towards building to WrestleMania, right? Like you think this year it's like, all right, well, we're going to find out who, you know, Bray or Goldberg is going against. And we're going to find out who, you know, the SmackDown women's champion is going to go against. And maybe, you know, there's something with Orton where Edge comes. So there's a lot you can do. And you're like, man, I'm pretty damn pumped for WrestleMania and the week, you know, after to find out on Raw and SmackDown what that card's going to be. So and I wonder, too, is like maybe it's, you know, um, and crowd. Now, the crowd has turned on Rocky already at this point a little bit. I see some thumbs down, things like that. And so just crazy how it happened. Like, it's not like he was cheating or trying to be the heel, right? Right. <laughs> and so the fans like Hogan's trying to work as the heel in this match. I, I'll say, too, we haven't said a lot like we've talked about. Like, there's been a lot of good action. They really well, haven't it, stopped you, yet. You, you segue this perfectly because I have oh. something I came across in my research and then I have a comment and I want to see what you think. So, uh, Keller was was saying he's like, look, there the there's low expectations in terms of athleticism, but fans will probably be excited to see the two icons. So he was predicting, hey, this probably isn't going to be much of a match. Now let me throw this out there. Hulk Hogan is a significantly underrated in ring performer. Try that on for size. What do you think when I say that? I think that at this point, I think he's definitely beyond his, obviously beyond his prime at this point. I do think it does say a lot in regards to, he does put on a match with one of the best that's out there, The Rock. And so, you know, he's talking about like certain guys like AJ Styles always putting on, like he can get in the ring with anybody. I, I will agree with you. I think Hulk can get in the ring with anybody and he can put on a good match with that person. We didn't, you know, we, we wouldn't have talked about that a lot necessarily in his time because of like, you know, the backstage politics and all the rumors and stuff we'd hear. But like, I think that I, to your point, I will say that I think he could get in the ring with anybody Maybe even nowadays, who I, I'm not sure. Like you know, oh, I hope. Like, like well, yeah, I know you want to make you want to make Tom Healy a very happy uh, Hulk Hulk Hogan fan. Let me tell you something. Put him in a match at Mania. 
I will go nuts. So they, they've been slowly introducing him back after his. You our know, our, our seats are going to be really good if Hulk Hogan's wrestling. <laughs> right. I will tell so, you that. So I think that it, I think that yeah. So you agree with me that Hogan's a really uh, he's a much better in ring performer than people talk about. I agree. I'm not. He's yes. not. I'm not saying he's AJ Styles. Okay. So, but think about this. This is 2002. Oh, a little choke slam there. I've never seen him do that. That's a great move. So. This is 2002 against The Rock. He has a really good match, right? Okay, 19, WrestleMania 19, he has that really good street fight against Vince McMahon. He had a really good match against um, Randy Orton. He had a good match against Shawn Michaels, even though Michaels was kind of flip-flopping, but it was still a really good match. So I just named four matches during this like kind of last run, if you will, that were pretty damn good. And I, I know I'm leaving out others, obviously, but some really good matches. So to put this in perspective, too, as of like today, Hulk Hogan's 66. That Hulk Hogan in this match would have been about 46, 47 years old. Okay. Today, The Rock is 47 years old. Jesus. And so, like, the Hulk was as old as Rock's The 47? Rock. Yeah, he's 47. Are you positive? Yeah, he's 47 Holy years old. Holy shit. He was born in 1972. And so, oh my God. but like, I need to start doing steroids. Seriously, we need to, yeah, we need to hit the gym a little bit more. And so, like, that's one of those, like, so to put that, that's crazy to put in perspective that, like, how, like, how they're working and how their ages were. Because dealing with that, like, that's insane when you think about it. So, all right, let me, sticking on this, uh, uh, Hogan is an in-ring performer, let me ask you the next question. Who in their prime or however you want to, and throughout their career, however you want to look at it, who is the better in-ring performer, Hulk Hogan or John Cena? I think Cena. Like, I think that, um, see, they very, they have had very similar career trajectories. And so we're talking purely in-ring. Yes. I think Cena. Uh, so my, my argument my argument for Hogan is I just think his timing is so much better. I think his psychology is so much better. I mean, there's some great Cena matches throughout his career, but there's so many duds. And, yeah. and I say duds of like the crowd kind of shit on it. It wasn't that great. I mean, even a bad Hulk Hogan match. I mean, go back and watch WrestleMania 7 against Sergeant Slaughter. The people are going nuts. Yeah. You know? I think that just Cena, I don't know, maybe it's because I like I like Cena a little bit more. It's when I was watching a lot more wrestling um, growing up that like I'm a bigger fan of Cena. I think that, of course, like you and I could hear him call his matches from anywhere. Rough bump. Rough bump. Um, uh, Kyoto shouldn't have been there. Right, he was out of position. They're always this, was, this was early in Mark Kyoto's career. Yep. So I think that this is one of the, he is out too. Out like, cold. He, he's dead. Um, why don't they ever send a referee down to check on the referee? They do it other times. And so I mean, yeah. he could be seriously hurt right now. Yep. No one can throw the X. Yeah. Uh, it rock too. You got to run that line better. So, um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I got to stick with Cena on this one. I think it's a good conversation to have. And like, it's what Twitter let us know, because I think that's a good one of like, or who is there somebody else? Like the longevity, or, yeah, longevity of like, who's had a career like that, that has just, survive the test of time. So to close the loop on a couple earlier conversations, should this have been the main event? I think uh, like 2020 yeah. hindsight. Yeah. Especially when you're billing it as icon versus icon. Yeah. And like you just say, this is, this yeah. is bigger than championships or something, but I get, you know, but you know, like we said, I get why it, the title went last, but in this one, 
it shouldn't have. So Here, here's a random question for you. You might follow UFC a little bit closer than I do. Do they like? Do they always put the title on last, or do they? just put the biggest attraction on sometimes it's title sometimes it's not I, I i think it's more the biggest attraction because and usually it's for a title we got hogan tapping out now the ref the not seeing it yep um and so do you think we'll ever get instant replay like the match would have been over right here i highly doubt it Me too. we couldn't there's no way so yeah i it, normally and a lot of times because you got like you know mcgregor with the double titles and all that stuff and so the rock trying to kick uh, mike kyoto awake here oh just dragging him wow Doing a good job of ragdolling, though. Um, All right, so my next question. Yeah. Should this have been Austin Rock? Um, After the previous year, no. Oh, there's the low blow and the fans losing their mind here. So um, getting us into the the final act. Hogan hitting the rock bottom. Hitting the rock bottom. Actually, a pretty damn good one, too. I mean, it was mostly Rock selling it, but. And the crowd. Look at this. Look at this. One, two. two. Oh. They that wanted close him to win count, right that there. close count, yeah. And remember, this is in the era before, you know, kickouts were so prevalent, too. Yep, we're taking the belt off. Here we go. So, so I mean, do you are you happy this was Rock Austin, or do you wish, or I'm sorry, Rock uh, Hogan, Hogan, or do you wish it was Austin? Yeah, because we got a Rock Austin line, like the previous main. No, 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 that's not oh, what I'm asking. Uh, do you wish I, it was Hogan Austin? No, I. I I, I think it would have been a fine. I think this was the story. This is a good story. Like, you know, I enjoy this. I, I get how it could have been, but this worked for me. I'm fine with this. Okay. So I, I know it's terrible to say. I still wish it would have been Austin Hogan just to see it the one time. Just to I, have it. It might have sucked, right? It probably would have sucked. You know, so this was probably better that we got this, but it would have been awesome to see. But, but that being said, here's the thing. If I'm going to see that match... I want red and yellow Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So it's like, I wish I would have saw it, you know, six months or a year later. Of course, a year later, I mean, isn't this crazy? This was a year before Austin retired. It was his final match. Yeah. It's a rock now. We're getting into the final here. Kyoto's still down, still recovering. And so it makes sense after taking the ball. I'm starting to think he's faking it. I, you never know. And so the rock, like, uh, hitting him with the belt now. And so um, good stuff. Yeah. And the fans still losing their mind. But Hogan getting up, though, this is where it starts to happen. So what are the thoughts you got? I know you got a couple other notes. Yes. Yeah, so rock bottom. Is this it? This is this will, it? This will not well, be it. Yeah, would you dude. let me enjoy the oh damn match? I, I knew it wasn't it. I know. Hulk hulking up. They are going batshit crazy in the Sky Dome. They are going nuts. We're turning it up, whether we can hear it or not. We don't always do this, but... Boom! So he's hitting them with the punches. Place going nuts. This is one of the loudest... You'll get this kind of noise in an arena, but for a stadium show, boom, leg drop. And that's why he's had 20 back surgeries. One, two... And JR, classic JR, incredible JR. You just don't get reactions like that anymore. It's just one of the, like, so tough to hear it. Like, and and we know, you know, the miking the crowd and muting the crowd and doing all this other stuff and piping sound in, you know, certain times. So, 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 you know what this, you know what this match to me is exhibit A for? Why we need to let the fans drive the product more. Hogan missed the leg drop. Ironically, and I'm not saying he hasn't done it other times in his career, but one of the only other missed leg drops I can ever remember, 
is against the Warrior yep. at WrestleMania six in this same building. Rock bottom. You see, you know how he's grabbing his ribs during the match. He yeah. actually hurt them prior to that. That's what I yeah, found that out in my research. I had read that too. Yeah, and, and, so, and I don't know if he heard it against Rikishi or he tried to wrestle against Rikishi on a house show in Tampa with it. So, and this is one of those like, and you got to think like they're about fifteen, maybe sixteen minutes in at this point. And okay, so, so boom, rock bottom, second rock bottom. Hobie yeah. could barely even jump up there. A crowd not happy. Rock, rock, kip, kip up, kip up. Though. I think he can yeah. still do that. Okay, here, I, I actually forgot about. So here we go. Here comes the people's elbow. Yep, hit it. But then, hold on. One, two, three. Okay. I and, and mark my words on this. Okay, and I want I want everyone to hear me loud and clear when I say this. I fucking hate when The Rock ends matches with a elbow yeah it's so fucking fake i hate it i hate it you have this great match you have all this build he hits the rock bottom and the damn match it just looks stupid i'm almost positive i'm like 99 sure that's how he beat cm punk for the title i hate that why do you end the match with that he did give him the two rock bottoms. And I get it, and it, it works here, but I hated it against in that punk match. And you know, you're posing to the crowd. It just, you know, again, if you want to present this, like, sport and athleticism, that's, if you want to do that as a setup or do it during the match, that's fine. But to do it at the end, I absolutely hate it. But what I was saying is what's about to happen here with, you know, kind of turning the rock on the fans a little bit and people going nuts for Hogan it reminds me of like Daniel Bryan becoming like a major player a few years back around, you know, leading up to WrestleMania 30. Let these damn fans control the product more. You know, instead of trying to jam Roman Reigns down as some scripted good guy, white meat baby face, if they boo him, let him be a bad guy. Yep. You know? And that's where they're at. And so I, I think the fans were a, a little deflated, you know, coming right. And we'll talk a little bit more about it, but. Um, yeah, it's just one of those, I, I get, I mean, the finishing move is the finishing move. I think it was always the rock bottom for her. He didn't always finish a match with the elbow, um, or the people's elbow, but it was one of those where, I mean, the rock bottom's a good finishing move, but it just didn't always use it. And sometimes, like you said, he does the people's elbow or, you know, gets the cover that way. So I, I, some finishers, like, I don't know why they're so protected. Like, like Baron Corbin has had his, like been protected forever, um, Hogan extending match over now. Hogan extending his hand to the rock. Talking to him as well, too, like trying to get it. And so, and then the rock, of course, shaking hand. Hogan just dripping sweat. And so, um, Well, we talked to a lot about like people going out on their back. Like, do you think this was a good like, going out or kind of passing torch? Was this a good example of how it should be done to you? Um, yeah, you know, I'm not a, I'm, you know, again, I know the old school mentality is every guy should lose their final match. Kurt Angle should have won. Yeah, Kurt, Baron Corbin. Most re- yeah, well, I don't yeah. care who the Undertaker wrestles less. 
last, he should win. Now, Shawn Michaels losing to Taker, I thought that that was fine too. So I'm not saying that the, the guy leaving should always win, but I'm just saying that, you know, I don't. I think it's a case-by-case situation, not a, a rule that, hey, you should always be on your back the final time. Here come Hall and Nash now in the ring. Um, so I have no idea about this, Jeff. I don't know if you do either, and, and, I, and I'm sure someone on Twitter can tell us. Was this always the plan for them to attack him after the match, or did they did they call an audible here because of it? I, I don't know. You could just see the rock in the background there watching what's happening. Um, I, I this do- feels like it might have been an audible, and I'm not trying to sound like some mark of like, oh, no, no I really attacked him, but like – I just wonder if this was planned ahead of time. Or I not. read. Did they know he was going to get this big of a reaction? I read both that it was. I that, feel like I have too. That's why I'm asking you. And so maybe people smarter than us can let us know and, and kind of know, you know exactly how it happened. I think that I, me personally sitting here right now with you, I think that it was not planned. I think that. They did make a little bit of an audible on the fly here because it, it does kind of open the door for them. They have some different options. Even if you do have them attack him, you can really do whatever. And yeah, so, again, I, I don't think going into this show, the plan was, hey, we're going to you know turn Hogan and then you know the following week on SmackDown have him come out in red and yellow and be world champ in 30 days. Yeah. I don't think that was the original plan. So that's why I'm like, I, I don't know what was and wasn't. And again, I've, I think I've read both sides of it, so who the hell knows? Um, but you know, just kind of curious of that. I, I didn't know if you knew that. Either. It does speak to us getting worked, you know, years later, still not knowing what happened. Like that's the kind of storytelling you want. Like, you know, that's, that's how it should be. And so, um, but yeah, this is one of those examples where that's just how it is. So. so a lot more to talk about, but let's, uh, right now transition into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. So initial thoughts, Jeff, was this the best rock match ever? And what are some of the other ones that are in the conversation? I think that this was definitely one that you have to, I don't know if it was the best, but I think you do have to put it at the top. Um, kind of looking at a list of just some, some kind of different ones. Um, I, I do kind of agree that I think that the mania 17 previous to this one, like the, um, against Steve Austin match. I think that that it's hard to not, you know, being a no DQ match too. Um, it's hard to not enjoy that one and kind of, you know, see how it is. Sure. Um, looking at this, a couple other ones on this one here, you've got the, the judgment day versus triple H. That was the Iron Man match. Um, kind of looking back at that one too. Um, you know, versus Chris Jericho for the WCW championship. That was an odd one that I had forgotten about as well, too. Um, and then you had the, the, it was the ladder match. That was a very good match. That, that was, was a SummerSlam Summer Slam, right? 1998. Um, yeah. And so it was a slower pace, but then it really picked up. And so that, so was, the list you're looking at, where's it, where does that, this one I actually just got to it. So this list is a, it's a list of 20 of the best rock matches. And this one is number eight. Man. And so it says their star, their star power alone puts this in classic territory. So again, it just it just depends on what your criteria is and what you think. I mean, if you watched it on mute and couldn't see the fans, and you know we're looking at like two guys wrestling a match, yeah, I guess so. 
I, I just I look at things, and I know we do here on the payoff, and that's where our payoff score comes in. We look at the historical nature of the match. We look at the crowd reaction. We look at you know just kind of our own personal enjoyment. We talk about the you know build to the match and the aftermath. So I think we take a, a much more holistic approach than you know two guys in speedos doing moves at each other for fifteen minutes. You know what did we think of it? You know how high flying was it and all that stuff. Yeah. So so I like what we do a lot more. And I mean there were the the matches you rattled off. There weren't seven matches in Rock's career better than this. There no. might have been a few. Um, WrestleMania 17 certainly comes to mind, uh, but there there weren't there. There's no way there were seven. I can tell you that. And you can of course on Twitter let us know what you think are what was the what was the best Rock match? Like you know kind of where do you get that? And so. Um, so now that they, you know, they, they spent some time kind of celebrating in the ring, kind of Hulk doing his thing as he does, kind of getting him pumped up. And of course, the, both men leaving together after that point. And so um, really good stuff at that. And so, um, you know, something to think about, like kind of there's the quick, immediate aftermath of this one. Um, of course, you had, um, you know, Hulk turning into and pointing to a Rockamania sign. Now that's a good stuff. And so. Um, you know, we've got it just kind of playing in the background. We're kind of sitting here talking, but, uh, it was after this, the rock actually left to go film a movie. Um, this was, uh, for those of you that enjoy the rocks film career, this was post Scorpion King, uh, which was panned, uh, widely. Uh, I think walking tall was the movie. Uh, this one with Johnny Knoxville that he left to go film after this one. And so, um, it's just very interesting to kind of see how that played out. And so um, kind of one note here that I thought was interesting and just kind of played out that, uh, uh, that following his victory over Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18, the rocks started to see a dip in fan support. And that dip turned into a plunge by the time the rock had his match with Lesnar at SummerSlam because fans knew he was leaving WWE to pursue an acting career. This was evident by the fact that there was that he was uh, there was negative crowd response during the match against Lesnar, which that's a different conversation for a different day. But that was a interesting match too. And so, um, and so kind of dealing with that. And so they knew that. But Hulk actually feuded with Triple H, and as Tom had kind of alluded to a little bit, he actually beat Triple H for the undisputed WWF chair WWE Championship. Um, and so kind of playing that out. And so. Um, one little kind of interesting note here that um, Hulk was actually the last ever WWF champion before the initial switch initials, like the letters. Yeah, this switch. is right before the brand split. And so they had to do it a little. So and so, yeah, and um, he did that. And so um, and then he also he left. But of course, we can't forget his brief stint as Mr. America. Um, and so he had that as well too, but we will, we will definitely chat about that another time. And so, uh, since then though, of course, Hulk, you know, it, it just in and out of the ring, we know the career that he's had a hall of famer, all that different stuff. And so, uh, yeah, Tom, what are the thoughts you got on the aftermath? Yeah, I just got some random notes as I was doing my research that I thought were, uh, kind of fun to discuss, you know, um, you could argue the best two matches of Hogan's career. And again, I know it's a, a, a big, uh, uh, list to choose from, but you could argue that if you thought his match against Warrior and his match against The Rock were his two best, they took place in the same building. Kind of, kind of interesting. Um, leading up to this show, there was talk of maybe incorporating Shawn Michaels, 
and it was, uh, hey, no one's, and this is Keller talking, nobody's going to bat for him anytime soon. Not expected back for WrestleMania. Uh, the ratings have been fine without him. The, the management thinks so little of Michaels. Friends of him say he'd be shocked if he ever agreed to wrestle again. All this stuff, right? A year later, WrestleMania 19, he steals the show with Chris Jericho, and it starts this seven-year run of, you know, killer main events and, and great WrestleMania and other matches. So I just thought that was kind of fun. Also, in my research... They were saying that the XFL will haunt Vince McMahon forever because they covered it in The Simpsons after it had gone out of business. So thought that was kind of fun. Predict, uh, predicting I, the future there. A yeah. young a young cat by the name of uh, Randy Orton was training in uh, OVW. Okay. Uh, behind the scenes, Hogan was uh, well-received. Um, here's another one. Guess who had recently gotten a tryout here in 2002? Hmm. AJ Styles. In the WWE? Yes. Interesting. And yeah. they, you know, they didn't sign him, but this was right not. around the time that Jeff Jarrett was getting ready to launch the TNA Wrestling. That's right, yep. Okay? And so that was also being discussed. Um, it just it was great to see Hogan back because, remember, this wasn't long after that period of time where he was really getting jerked around pretty bad by WCW. Um, you yeah. know, and they, they kind of screwed him in that one match against Jarrett and they had him come back in the red and yellow, but didn't do much with him. And it was just kind of disappointing. So it was great for him to kind of come back home and, and, and have a great match. So let's, uh, let's round this out by talking about our payoff scores. And, you know, you know, what's interesting is I, you know, there is no hard and fast rule of like, Hey, a certain match is three stars or four stars. It's all based on our opinion. And anyone that tells you differently is completely full of shit. And I was just thinking about this this week, Jeff. Do you know who buys the most wine of anyone in the world? Who, who actually makes decisions on the most um, dollar amount of wine in any given year? Do you know who that person is? Who do you got? It's the wine buyer for Costco. Oh, yeah. And... And I don't know if she still is the one doing it, but I watched a documentary not that long ago and the woman who was buying wine for Costco. So determining, you know, what wine they were going to put in their stores, a massively important person buying like probably hundreds of millions of dollars worth of wine. Okay. It was the former head of their toy department. And you'd say, well, why would someone that's not an expert in wine be making those big decisions? And it was simple because She's the type of person that would buy the wine. I share this story with you, Jeff, because we have our payoff score. Yeah. Is our opinion any lesser than that of Dave Meltzer? No. Is it any better? No. We're fans with opinions. We know what we like. We know what we don't like. We have our criteria for figuring it out. So don't feel like someone saying that something is a five-star match is a fact or is gospel or if your favorite wrestling writers on Twitter like or don't like or shit on something, like have your own opinion. And sometimes it's healthy to watch these shows or watch matches or go back and watch matches and do it without Twitter being open or without knowing what the stars of the matches are and just going, man, I thought that was awesome. And then, oh, it getting two stars. Well, 
yeah, fuck that guy. I don't agree with him, you know, versus being like, oh, no, it must have been a bad match because someone said that. So with that being said, I I love how we do it here. We give our payoff score, which is here's what we thought of the build, the payoff, the aftermath, the crowd, the, 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 the match in the ring, everything else happening, how it stands up in history. There's all that stuff happening. So talk about what some of the opinions were from the quote unquote experts. And then I want you to give your payoff score and I'm going to give my payoff score. Yeah, and so this one, um, I'll start with the Observer Newsletter. They gave it three stars, actually, but it was also uh, the best match of the night, according to their poll, by a landslide here. Um, The kind of interesting piece of the write-up here that I thought was that Hogan versus Rock will probably go down like Hogan versus Warrior in the same building 12 years ago. Um, It was an epic battle, and in the end, Hogan lost, passed the torch, and the guy he passed it to was all the worse for it. Warrior's drawing power declined after beating Hogan. Rock was left in a quandary as fans actually wanted to boo him and he had to tease a heel turn the next night and go back just to ensure a babyface reaction. The other similarity in both matches is that they must have been great live, but when you watch them on tape, they are something else. I remember Hogan versus Warrior was tremendous live, but two years later, or for one of before one of Warriors' comebacks, they aired the match on WWF television, and their action was that it was a terrible match. Is that Meltzer? Yeah, he is such a negative, sour hack. I, I agree. Why? Come on, well, hang on. I agree with a live match versus like you know watching on television. That's we like, just watched on television. They were going nuts. Right. It was great. And you and I sit. Yeah, it's always better in person. I would have liked the match more if I was three rows back and I didn't know who was going to win. Right. If we if we were sitting first row, we would have had a good time. I'd too. probably enjoy the Super Bowl. You know, the, when the Steelers beat the Cardinals in the Super Bowl, I had a great time. I would have had more fun if I was down by the end zone where Holmes caught the winning touchdown pass. What a jackass. So that always makes sense. So and what so, do you give it star-wise? Three. Three stars? Yes. Okay. So, um, and so that one, well, there are a couple different ones. That was um, three or four. I can't, there was and different and things. So, different so the places. fans aren't allowed to cheer the bad guy? No, of course not. So, uh, oof. Um, give me a break. So I think the one thing, uh, like a different kind of right, it's, it's so and, and Rock's drawing power is going to be hurt because of this. That's what they said. The, the, they okay, said oh, okay. So so previously. the biggest movie star in Hollywood that could sell out any arena in a or, or stadium if he wrestles another match. Yeah, he was hurt by this booing and cheering. So give me a fucking break. The the, the piece here that I, they're the quote my what an away, asshole. And then I'll get into my score here was. Uh, The whole nature of passing the torch when using that specific term makes the older guy into the sentimental star and buries the younger guy. The the torch, see, this passing of the torch, The Rock was already a megastar. He headlined WrestleMania 15, WrestleMania 16, WrestleMania 17, and he was in the best, most memorable match for now his fourth year in a row. What torch was there to pass? Oh, and the guy was already making movies in Hollywood at this point. Right. And so that I think so I found that quote and I pointed I brought that and that was just I was I forget where I found that one, but I thought it was interesting. And so yeah, this was an attraction match. This was right. your uh, you know, Batista Triple H match. There's no pass. Oh, yeah, Triple H got the torch passed to him. Uh, give me a break. And so I think that taking, and so 
the reading that quote and the point I, I want to make with that is that I don't agree with that. I think that like you, but said, you better not. Or I mean, oh, well, and it I think, shows over. I think if you, it is, I think you called it a good thing. Like it was an attraction match, uh, which is how it should have been. And you get more, you get so much of that at WrestleMania. It's about, you know, it's the, it was the WrestleMania moment. That's what like, it was. Okay. So, so, so if so, you're going, yeah, well, let me just say this. If you're going with this whole thing of like uh, passing the torch, it, let's say Hogan would have won. Does it does it matter to the? I mean, is the Rock less of a star or less of a draw because of it? Right. I'd say no. It doesn't matter. Now, if it was some young kid or something, yeah, maybe it hurts him. But oh, but guess what? Uh, did Hogan beat Randy Orton at SummerSlam? Did it did it hurt his longtime drawing power? Right. Like, give me a break, dude. Yeah. So. Uh, I know I'm going to give this one an eight, I think, or eight and a half, excuse me. Um, <laughs> I think that between the crowd reaction alone kind of dictating the pace of this, I think to us not truly knowing even, you know, someone does and someone will probably tell us, but us not truly knowing kind of, you know, what the plan was, sure. what the plan was. I think there's a lot to say about that. And so, and I mean, overall, it's just, you really do. You have two absolute legends of the squared circle. And so. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with an 8.5. What do you have? Okay. So you and I never discussed this prior, so I never have an idea what you're going to say, but I always pick my number before you talk. I kid you not. I have this at an eight and a half. Yeah. Um, the, the pros of this being the crowd goes batshit crazy. It's Hogan coming home for his re- first WrestleMania match since WrestleMania nine. Okay. So you're, you're talking about a, a massive gap there. Um, it, Got him like kind of to transition into a baby face. Um, the match was really good. There were some great close finishes, close falls at a time where that didn't happen all the time. Um, so for that, I loved it. You know, what prevents it from being a 10? Gosh, um, maybe the match could have been a little bit better. Hogan not getting hurt. Um, maybe if we saw him in the red and yellow, like it is prime or his peak. Okay. So, I mean, there, there's some things that maybe it wasn't perfect. Maybe if a title was involved or something, I don't know, you know, I mean, it wasn't the perfect, you know, WrestleMania match, but it was really damn close. Um, as far as the build, the build was good. I mean, it wasn't like the most memorable, greatest thing in the world, but it was pretty good. Um, the fallout from this, they did end up having a rematch. Hogan goes on to win the title. He has a nice little run there. Um, liked it, didn't love that part. So again, eight and a half, not perfect, not the greatest thing to ever happen in the history of the business, but really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where I'm at with it. It's a couple of 8.5s, not too bad. So that's good stuff. So Close um, us out, dude. Yeah, so of course um, – uh, you and I enjoyed sitting here doing this, kind of having, you know, watching this one. Fun one. This is a fun one, absolutely. And so um, let us know your thoughts, of course, to uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that good stuff. But um, our two competitors here, of course, uh, you can find them, both very active on social media. And so uh, on Twitter, you got at Hulk Hogan and at The Rock. So plain and simple, make sure to kind of find both of them, check that out. And um, I did get a retweet from Hogan once. That was a big moment for you. Bachelor so, party. I had yeah, 20 guys in Heliomania tank tops with the uh, Hogan uh, red with the uh, yellow uh, backdrop. It was fantastic. Yeah, Hogan still tweeting immediately. Quite a lot. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, it was it was great. So I, I, you know, I, I don't even I don't even post much on Twitter, um, but I posted that. And, you know, like sorry Hulk, but uh, Heliomania is running wild in Vegas today. Put my phone away, like you know, put on airplane mode, I think, because we were at, like, a pool in Vegas. 
couple minutes goes by and a buddy of mine's like, holy shit, you're not going to believe this Hulk Hogan retweeted you. I'm like, best day ever. <laughs> I was Makes like, I was like this yep. is the greatest day ever. <laughs> right. Makes her a good day. So. so once a Hulkamaniac, always a Hulkamaniac. I don't care how old I am. So, of course, uh, as we always say, uh, subscribe to The Payoff wherever you listen. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts uh, or wherever you're listening. Good reviews. Check out the archives. And spread the word about the show by listening, going back, checking out the archives. A lot of anniversaries are some of these matches that we've been discussing. And so we will be kind of, you know, sending some messages out, reminding people of some of those original. Because, yeah, like Tom said, like 28 episodes later, we're still going strong. and We're going to keep bringing you good stuff. So, um, of course, you can always find us on all those different places where you can listen to the podcast and then at Payoff Pod on social media. So, so Tom, with that, uh, how do you want to take us home here? Let's wrap this up. What you going to do when the payoff runs wild on you, brother? <laughs> <laughs>